obvious thing but yeah we'll just get right into it just start with the thing that is like the most important that we could honestly make a whole episode on i think so i I wish we we had clarky here for this i know (laughs) so we could like phone him in (laughs) like hey we're just gonna talk about the uh most explosive (laughs) thing that's happened in our lives (laughs) oh it's precisely my friends (laughs) this is igor um, but if you didn't see, hang on, Batch is now playing with his dog. It's funny how the tables turn, you know, you Batch used to just, you know, say random things when he was away. And now look, he's coming back. Shh, be quiet. I could hear you the whole time. That's right. Your headset was on. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into that, how are you? What's I'm good. and exciting. That's good. Um, nothing. I know we were just talking about my mom being... Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not going to say how old, but it was her birthday, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to post a picture on our Instagram of my mother holding a balloon with a penis. Why are you flipping me off? I don't know. <laughs> so rude. A balloon with a penis? <laughs> yes, that was my present. For her. A penis balloon? Yes, I will post it after we uh, record this. But cool. great, great birthday with mother, grandmother. Nice, nice. And uh, yeah, it was fun, dude. We uh, we just chilled out. And then what else has been going on for with the good old Steven? Schoolwork has been crazy. Um, work work has been low because I'm transferring, which is cool. Yeah, tell um, us about that. Tell us about it. I'm just transferring closer to home. So instead of being an hour and 40 minutes away, I'll be 10 minutes and it'll be precisely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I know. Other than that, I mean, honestly, besides my birthday, nothing really matters besides what happened the other night. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, things things have been fantastic with me. Thanks for asking. Um, (laughs) She didn't even give me a second. (laughs) I'm just fucking with you. Um, no, things have just been, you know, whatever. Work, uh, going back to school in December. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Hopefully, hopefully going to get my electrician's license soon. Um, that's about it. Um, so, if you didn't see. You better have seen. Uh, Friday, we had ourselves... Just a, just an evening. Just a wonderful evening. Want to do a play-by-play? Yeah, it was just, <laughs> dude, just an evening. What it a night. was spectacular. What an evening. Uh, we we it, don't even have to go to Disney anymore. No, no, we're good. We saw. We're, yeah, we've totally done everything. Fine, yeah, we've, we've done, done everything. everything. Literally, I could die, and I'd be like, "It's okay." I mean, yeah. I would be like that, but <laughs> I would be too. I'd be like, "I now it's all it, good." It happened. Um, it finally happened. Yeah. We went to the old punk rock show. 
We went Which upstairs at the Middle East. It was legit a uh, punk rock show. Yes, it was. It's a good time. It was. Lots of good bands. Koyo killed it too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Koyo was um, sick. Didn't know much about them, but now I do. And they're fucking they're legit. Awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. A couple other bands that were really good. Um I forget their names, which sucks, but uh Pummel. Pummel, that's right. Pummel was sick too, dude. Yeah, Pummel, Pummel was, was dope. Pummel got the people going though. They Let's did. talk about it. Like, okay, so anybody I'm gonna go real quick. We went to a hardcore show, pop, uh, punk show. Um, I call it more of like a hardcore scene because of the way if you are a hardcore kid and you go to these shows, you know that like it's all about being like wanting to basically sing, getting on stage, jumping off stage, singing with the lead singer, getting the microphone, not so much like punching people in the face, but just like being part of like the concert itself. And it's like 100 people max in this room. That's what makes it Middle so East. intimate. Middle so East. awesome. And that's what we went to. And we saw a lot of bands we didn't know of. And we uh, were obviously Crescent, there. Oh, go Crescent, ahead. You found it? Yeah. Crescent okay. Ridge, Jinx, Pummel, Koyo, and the granddaddy of them all, No Pressure. Oh, man. Dude. What a lineup. Yeah. So Crescent Ridge was dope. Jinx yep. was fucking sick. I remember there was a few times we like looked at each other like, this is fucking sick. Like, there's yeah, actual dude. real punk rock still out there. Yeah. And uh, Pummel killed it. Koyo was fucking so dope. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our man. Our man with the no pressure. But before we get that, I want to yeah, yeah. just, just rewind it to kind of play out how this night entailed. So let's just start by, we already mentioned it. Me and Batch both bought a pair of tickets because we were buying it for each other and wanted to surprise each other. Um, so obviously we had fucking two extra tickets so batch no brainer contacted one of the people that have been on this podcast before is one and old buddy clarky yeah um so i had an extra ticket tried to invite a couple other people nobody was really interested which i kind of figured so i went on reddit and i threw it up there and said hey free ticket just let me know ended up meeting this really cool kid named chandler and if Mm -hmm. you're listening you and your girlfriend are the shit yeah so Um, cool so we met them there and you know, the, you know, the what five of us kind of went in, they ended up going and doing their own thing, but we got to know them a lot, which is really cool. And, um, so that's how it started was meeting cool ass people at a concert, hanging with them and watching these bands. And mm-hmm. I mean, Batchy, I'll let you start from there too. We'll just go back and forth here. So we then me and Steve went over, bought some merch, came back over, watched, um, I think it was Jinx's set. Yeah, you're right. Then went outside for a cigarette, came back in. Clarky was like, uh, I think we watched Pummel. Pummel? I think we watched Pummel. And then Clarky was like, all right, I'm going to go get merch now. So so he walks over. He comes back with like this, like he was, I'm going to, he was glowing. Like, (laughs) Like he came back glowing and he was like, grabbed me and Steven was like, dudes, He's over there. And there was he, no like he was like, He's over there. He's over there. He's there over was, there. There was no there was no who's over yeah. there. We knew who he was. <laughs> so me and Steve immediately like just took off. And we went over there and there he was, the white whale, sitting at the merch table. Uh you can you can take it from here now. Okay. All right. So we're 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 walking over. 
and we're mm. both we i feel a batch's energy and my energy are both the same like it's happening what do we do do we say hi do we interrupt him how long do we get what's gonna happen oh my god what do I do with there my he hands? is yeah what do i do <laughs> so like we get over the merch table and mind you like i said there's probably like 100 people in this fucking venue max and there's parker cannon just fucking standing up chilling with one other like uh fan just shooting the shit there's no fangirls there's no dudes like grabbing there's no literally no line nobody's like interested everyone's kind of like yeah he's there it's cool like this is what a hardcore show is we all just are here for each other so but me and batch are like (laughs) (laughs) so this fan like walks away and then you can see parker like looking at us like you guys clearly want to say hi so like he looks over at batch and batch is like hey 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 hey, what's up dude And I'll let you take it from there with your what you said and stuff. And yeah, I was like, "What's up, man?" And he like daffed me up, and I was like, uh, "You know, um, oh, I'm like bringing myself back in there, getting the eggs <laughs> up." <laughs> I was like, um, "I was like, dude, I just want to tell you, like, your music means the world to me, and it it saved my life several times." And he was like, looked me like was like shaking my hand, and was like looked me dead in the eyes, and goes, "Thank you so much. That means everything to me." And then, like, kind of, like, gave me a hug. And then um, I was, like, seriously, like, I probably, like, it helped me get sober. It helped, it's helped me in so many aspects of my life. And, like, I just can't thank you enough. And, uh, you know, I could genuinely tell it, like, he was, like, thank you. Thank you. That means every, like, that's awesome. I'm glad we could help you out and blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, and I know it means a lot to Steve. And then I, that's when I sent it over to Steven. Yeah. And then, so... I, I'm like watching this happen and I'm, <laughs> I'm getting the, I'm getting the butterflies yeah. again, dude. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm like watching this happen. I'm like, Oh my fucking God. Like, cause you gotta remember, like you don't get to meet Parker Cannon. He doesn't take pictures of people. He doesn't do the, like, this is not normal, but like, anyways, well, what, what, what we <laughs> yeah, thought was normal. What we like. thought was not normal. But so anyways, we're, um, batch like kind of says his thing. And then he looks at me and he's like, what's up, dude. And I was like, what's up, man. He's like, what's your name? I said, it's my name. And then uh, I like dapped him up. And then I, when I dapped him up, I said, hey, man, I'm sorry for your loss. Because um, he lost his father about three or four weeks ago um, due to cancer. And I told him, hey, uh, I just want you to know your music saved my life. Um, and honestly, more importantly, uh, I just want to say, like, with everything going on, I actually just lost my stepfather and stepsister. And I just appreciate you being there. And, uh, uh, and kind of more or less that. And he just, same thing as Batch. He just like, he looked me in the eyes. He like grabbed me closer and he was just like, gave me like, like he was like, give me a hug, like come here. And he was just like, Oh my God. Like, I'm so sorry. And then this dude proceeds to talk to us for like 15 minutes and just give us some like advice, but not like, this is what you do more like just talking. And he like just what started, he's done. Yeah. He's like, so this what's worked for me. And he like, it's the biggest thing that most people have said that he said too. He's like, Hey man, uh, it'll never get better, but it'll get a little easier every day and every year. And he's like, unfortunately, like, he's like, he's like, fortunately, we knew this was going to happen with my dad. It's been going on. He, and he just, you know, it was just, uh, dude, he just genuinely talked to us yeah. about like life and struggles in general and genuine, in general, in general too, just struggles. And it was just so, it was so re- like surreal. Yeah. Like, and, like, it was just so weird. I don't know about you, dude, because we haven't talked since the concert about it. Like, the more I think about it, like, as soon as he started talking about, like, you know, his father and then switched it to more like the life talk, 
those jittery bugs of like it's Parker Cannon went away and it just felt yeah, I was like, like it's just a normal oh, it's just, dude. Oh, okay, like, cool. Guy. Like, what's up, dude? Like I met you at the show, kind of like Chandler at the beginning. Like, oh, you're just a cool guy. Like those butterflies went away until we left. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll let you well, take it from there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that was it was like almost like an out out of body experience. The first the first conversation we had with him because it was like oh my god, like holy shit, like this is happening. And he's like talking to us about like you know how what he's done to help his mental health and like how he like coped with his father and how he was like, we saw her coming and it was just kind of like, it was time and we knew and everything else. And he's like, and you know, when you lose someone, it's never easy. It never gets easier or never gets better. It just gets uh, easier. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, it was just like, like he was just talking to like the two of us and it was just like having a normal conversation with a dude. And, uh, so then the, so then the show happens, like then he goes on stage, whatever me and Steve were front row, like losing it. Yeah. Because he, before we left, cause we were like, all right, cause we didn't want to stay too long. We were like, yeah, all right, we all right, dude. Like, uh, and we could have stayed and talked a little longer, but, um, he was like, I better see you fuckers in the front row. And we're like, oh, yeah, of course. And we run back to Clarky. <laughs> okay. I just want to make this point. We run back to Clarky and me and Batch. I'm like, hold, like Batch is in front of me. I'm like grabbing his shoulders while we're walking, like freaking out. We get to Clarky and the three of us just bro hug for like and jump up and down like little girls finding out they're going to Disney. And it was just the best feeling ever. Because oh if it God, wasn't dude. for Batch inviting Clarky and if it wasn't for us both buying tickets, this probably never would have happened. No, definitely. Dude, <laughs> it was so crazy. And like, Clarky was just like so genuinely happy for us because yeah. he could tell like how much that meant to us. Like, just to be able to look at it, like look him in the eye and be like, dude, your music saved my life. Like, you're the reason I'm here still. Was this, And then for him to not be like, cool, man, like whatever. He was like, and he was genuinely like, that means everything. Like, that's why we do this. Thank you yeah. so much. Like, it was just so like unbelievable. And then the show happens and yep. like unreal, like just, Oh my God. He like, dude, he was so happy. Yeah, that's like, the he, best thing about it. Yeah. Like he was just so like in his element and was like telling people to come up and stage dive. It's not really much of a stage. It's probably like a two foot. Yeah. state Like thing, but like it was just so crazy and like we're like right there with him he's sticking the mic in our face and we're like singing songs with him and shit it was they covered Josie yeah that was sick Blink Wayne was, Josie that was when Clarky came over and he got yeah it. yeah and um what else they did, did um, Maxwell Murderer Max, for Rancid. yes I got the yes. scream on the mic with that although it was funny because it looked like most people didn't know what that song was but I was freaking the fuck out yeah me and you were like <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> um yeah, dude, and then the then the show just kept going, and the energy was real, and the genuine like, uh, just like the fist pumps were serious. It was old Parker Cannon mixed with this new style hardcore Parker Cannon. Like, it was really cool. He was jumping. He jumped in the crowd to stage dive. He he was just genuinely happy and to be there and could be himself. There was no performance he needed to put on. He could have stood there and everyone would be like happy. It was just the most genuine. You know, it was almost like he was us. Like we were all doing yeah. this together and we were just watching him hype us up. Like that hardcore scene, dude, stuff like that. And that punk hardcore scene, like the the singer isn't even like the big thing. We're all trying to be the singer. He's just the one hyping us up. And it was the yeah. best feeling ever. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then we like, and then we stuck around afterward to talk to him again. And like Steve alluded to it, like he came over to me and like I'm sure you remember, like Steve, he was like my guy and like gave me a huge hug, and then like sat there and like looked me in the eyes and goes. Was it okay? Was it good? Did you like it? Yeah, he asked us if it was okay. He looked, he like, goes, "Did you guys like it? Was it okay?" But he I was, was like, serious. It wasn't sarcastic. No, no, it was like genuine. Like, did you have a good? And I was like, "Bro, that was fuck." I was like, "You kidding me?" And I was like, "That was fucking sick." And um, then he was like talking about like how story so far is so big and how he can't like do this there. Yeah, like he can't like, and he almost made it sound like you know he can't be himself. Yeah, in a sense. He was like, why? I liked how he was like, why aren't you being you? Yeah. When he said that to us, like when he was explaining it, and like we were just talking, and I was like, you know. People have those expectations. Yeah, and and they have like this perception of him and who he is, and like, and they're like, why aren't you being you? Like at the story so far shows and stuff, and he's like, well, I really can't be. He's like, up there, I can be myself and just be free and do it like I want. Yeah. And I think that was the coolest thing about it was like that 25 minutes we had afterwards with him. Right. And then let me put it into perspective for people who don't understand. So we're, we've, we, the concert's done. And now at this venue, they don't just kick you out, get out. They don't give a fuck. You can hang around. It's a very, like I said, a hundred. It's open until 2 a.m. It's a yeah. bar. So everyone fucking dips. Now this is the perspective I'm trying to put it in. You go to a story so far concert and say he wants to do a meet and greet after that line's going to be like two hours long right we finished this concert he's sitting on stage there's three people like who made a line three it was two girls a couple and us that's it everyone else dipped or gave him a handshake and dipped that's what we're trying to say is how low-key this concert was and why i think why we know parker cannon liked it so much and reiterating back to what batch said what parker was saying was just like it was really cool to hear and be like, yeah, dude, like I'm able to actually watch the show with the crowd, meet a few people and not get ambushed. And it's like, and I can be myself. Like, I don't have to be like, yeah, no, this is that. That is this. It's, it was just like, like Batch said, we talked for 25 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes after the show. And we didn't even mention that he took a picture with us at the beginning of the show. Oh yeah. Like, like he was down to do that. He actually, he actually asked, he was like, he, you guys want a picture? Yeah. And Which same was, with, same with oh, Clarky. Clarky. So we're the three of us. So Clarky said he said hi to him real quick before he told us about it. And now fast forward to the end of the concert when the three of us are talking to him and there's literally nobody basically in that room except for the merch guys. And Clarky's not really saying anything. Me and Batch are kind of talking to him. Clarky's in the background. He stops mid conversation, engages Clarky, and goes, "Bro, what are you doing? What's up, man? What's your name? Like, what's like, what's good with you?" And then yeah. Clarky's like, "Oh, good, good." Uh, <laughs> Not, he didn't do that, but he was. This no. is what he was explaining to us walking back to the car. He was like, "I didn't know it. I was so excited." And then, like the three of us, just fucking broed it out. The four of us, sorry. Yeah, it was so <laughs> awesome, dude. Like, it was so sick. Just, oh my god. And then, like, then Steve gave him. You gave him the sticker on oh, the podcast. Oh, let me. Okay, so real quick. So, you know, when we first meet him, just me and Batchy, we go back. Blah, blah, blah. You know, me and Batch are obviously texting and calling people to be like, oh, my fucking Lord. And like people are asking us, like my cousin, my cousin's friend, like uh, uh, I think Hunter asked you, like, did you ask him the ultimate question? Did you question? shoot your shot? Did you shoot your <laughs> shot? And me and Batch we respectably didn't at that time because that we wanted to not commercialize what we wanted. We wanted to show how much we loved and cared about it. So yeah. and on, if 
if I got one chance to meet Barkin Cannon, I'm going to speak for Batch. I'm not going to waste it on asking him to come on the podcast. No, nope, that wasn't. Put, exactly. So we're hanging with him after. And like I said, maybe 20 minutes goes by. It's almost the end of the conversation. And you know when you can just feel it kind of ending. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I have a sticker in my pocket. I'm going for it. Fuck it. And I just said, hey, dude, I want to give you something. And you can throw it away, do whatever you want with it. I'm sure you get shit all the time. And he just interrupted me. And he was like, fuck no, dude. And I explained the podcast to him. I said very briefly what it's about. And he was like, that is so fucking awesome. And then he looked at the sticker without us saying anything. And he goes, that is so fucking cool. You named it after my song. And me, me and Batch locked eyes like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I like slapped him on. I slapped Parker Kane on the shoulder like fucking rights, bud. And he's like, I'm coming on that podcast next time I'm in Boston. I fucking promise you that is fucking awesome. And then he started talking about it for like, I don't know, maybe a minute or so. Yeah, he was like, that's so, he's like, what do you guys do? And we're like, oh, we like, how pop punk like helps us mental health wise and like how it saved our lives. And he was like, that's so fucking cool. He's <laughs> like, I'll definitely come on there next time I'm in here in Boston and we'll chop it up. And like, oh my God, dude. Yeah, dude. Just, yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. like, uh, it was like once in a lifetime thing, man. And oh, I'm just yep. so glad we did it. Me too, dude. That it was, was, it was amazing. Then walking back to the car, me, Clarky, and Batch, and it was just probably I don't know how many times we said like, what, what just, just happened, happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bro, what just happened? Like we said that the whole time, and then me and Clarky driving home, pretty much, or driving to Quincy, it was Batch. The conversation me and Clarky had was, hey, what just happened? I can't believe that just happened. We didn't even have like an actual conversation. <laughs> no, dude, it was like. I think we were conversationed out like at that, like I couldn't believe like, well, what more he, do you say? <laughs> no, I know. There was just like, what the fuck dude? Like it was the coolest thing ever. Just like how like genuine and open he was like with us and stuff. And it just like, it was so awesome. Yeah. And like, he even said like how he liked doing like the small stuff, the small venues and shit. Cause he's like, you know, I get a chance to like talk to people and like chill with dudes and like bro out. Yeah. And I can be like more myself and just like, it was just, Oh my God. It was so awesome. I think one of like, maybe it was just growth with Parker Cannon and maybe it's true in the past, but everything I heard about him was completely wrong when it came to how people met him. They always said, I know Nate the mate did something on it and all this stuff. And like I said, I'm not saying these people were wrong. Like that's not how their experience went, but maybe there's just younger Parker Cannon, but like Parker Cannon now is not the person that I got described to. And no, because I was always told like, he's not really, he's not a dick, but he doesn't really like attention. He doesn't really want to take, he'll never take a picture with you. He, he doesn't really like talking. Like he's, he's kind of just an introvert, which is fine. He's, he's never been a dick, but when we met him it was like uh this dude won't leave us alone almost like not in a bad way like he's amazing he wants to hang with us like what when's the part where he's gonna say no i don't take pictures like that never happened that's like and i think that's what he was trying to say to us too is just like i think people have these like false narratives yeah this like perception of him and he's like that's that is what he was saying he's like i can't do this in a story so far so yeah like, you which know, I kind of explains why going back to like what I said, it kind of probably is why he treats people like that. I can't like if he does meet and greets and stuff. Like, I can't every person do this. Like, 
Of course, yeah. you know, I can't take a picture, bro. Like, I got to go. Like, it's you're the thousandth person. So, Dude, and you just played a fucking show. Like, <laughs> Not to mention. you're fucking tired and, like. <laughs> he only did, like, eight songs for us. <laughs> yeah, and, like, <clears throat> he goes up there and does, like, 15 with the story so far. And, like, and, you know, it really pisses me off, too, when people are like, oh, his stage presence. He doesn't jump around and blah, blah, blah. It's like maybe he's not maybe he's not comfortable doing that maybe he gets anxiety when he's up in front of big crowds like you don't fucking know that yep like just be glad that the dude's going on tour to come to your city and play music for you and that he's still making new music yep like just be grateful for that and that's like why i know that they had posted something like he was basically apologizing for not like being more active on stage yeah and I, I like messaged him, and I was like, "Bro, you don't have to apologize for anything. Just keep making new music and keep coming on tour. Like yeah. that's all that I personally want. Like, you know, that's all I care about. Yeah. You know, and as long as you're good, like I don't care. Yeah, absolutely, dude. That's and what's it's important. Like, and if the music sounds good with him just like standing there with his hands behind his back singing." So what? That's what that's the whole what do you want to jump around and sound like shit? Like <laughs> you can't put a puppet on strings for this guy. Like that's not no, okay. No, that's not you know, and if you look at any other band, like really, like I mean, I guess Green Day kind of jumps around a little bit, but not really. Nah, yeah, they're they're stable. So wasn't like, Blink's pretty stable too. Yeah, it's tough to like run around and sing at the same time. It's not like it's can't. not everyone's thing either. And I, no. I, one thing Parker said when he was on stage, not to us, but to everybody, um, at the end when he put the microwave, mic, microwave, <laughs> <laughs> he put the mic away. I, I remember him saying, he was like, uh, or maybe he did say it to us. I don't remember, but he said, uh, he was like, hey, next time I play, maybe I'll have more than like six songs in, um, uh, and we won't have to cover other songs. And then he was like, or maybe I won't. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? As long as I'm playing music, right? And I'm happy. And that was that's it. I was that like, was what? it, dude. Oh my god. Like, so you're yeah. and like that's where like the genuine happiness of on stage presence and talking to us after and that statement all like linked. I was like, Oh my god. Yeah, dude. I don't give a fuck what you played Josie and Maxwell Murderer and then No Pressure songs. And I was like, Okay, I couldn't be any more you could literally play fucking Backstreet there, Boys, yeah, I'd be go like, there, push okay. and I a twenty for all. I give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't care, matter, man. Do it. Do whatever makes you happy. Like, yeah. And I think that was the coolest thing. Was um, I think he was talking about that too with us too. It was just like you know how, how much he enjoyed it, and like, you could just tell. Like we said that we were like, oh, we we saw it in your stories, and I was like, look how happy this dude is. Like, <laughs> and he got like the biggest smile. He's like, yeah. He's like, I fucking love it. He's yeah, like, dude. this is like where he's like, this is where it all started for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, I'm really, he's like, the diehards came out to this. Yeah. He was like, you guys are like the diehards. You came out to this. And I really, he's like, it means a lot that like you guys came to this. He did like, say that. Yep. You know, he was like, you know, that you guys listen to no pressure. Yeah. He's like, not just the story so far. Like I'm sure he's like, I'm sure there was plenty of people who were like, Oh, it's the story so far, guy, and yeah, that was no, it. Was, I remember hearing people in the audience saying that. Oh yeah, I think that's, I think that's the story so far, guy. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, he was like, "You guys came here to see no pressure and see me." Like, yeah, and, you know, he's like, "That's just awesome." He's like, "That's why I do it." Yeah, 
It was just the coolest night of my life. Facts. Oh my god. Hands down, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the best. Best. I don't know. Best everything overall. Yeah. Everything. I can't. Such a sick show too. Yeah. No, the sh- like that too. The show. Oh man. Oh boy. Oh. Just know. such an awesome show, dude. <laughs> dude, this, this is great. I love this. Oh man. Oh my god. This was. It was just so good. Like everything about it was just like so perfect. And like. I remember talking to Tori before I went, and I was like, ah, maybe I'll meet him, maybe I won't. I don't know. He's not really like, like you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you hear he's not really like that. And he doesn't really, he might just hide and then come out and then go back and hide. Like, I don't know. And he was just out in the open. <laughs> he's just, you could see him. He's tall as fuck. Um, yeah. But I thought that was, that's a good point, Batch, because like we were saying that too, like before and after we got to see, like before we even knew we were going to meet him and after we did meet him, we were saying to, like me, you, and Clarky were all saying, like, like, I think I'll get a fist pump. I'll sing on the mic. Like, you knew, like, you were probably 90% sure going to get, like, a fist pump or a microphone, like, screaming, like, a lyric part. And that would have been, like, we would have left happier than... F- we would have left the same energy right here yeah. without knowing what the possibility was. But because we got more than that, it was just incredible. But, yeah, that's a good point, dude. And then then he took a picture with Clocky. And like <laughs> with the podcast sticker, with the sticker, dude. Like, and he wanted to, he's like, I'm going to hold yeah. this up. And Clark, he's like, yeah, sure. Like, oh my God, dude. We got to get that picture. Yeah, we do. Clarky. Clarky. <laughs> um, oh my God. Dude, this podcast Bro. is going to have to be named meeting Parker Cannon and Green Day Insomniac Brain Down. <laughs> I know. So yeah, like Steve just said, um, I guess we'll move on from that. Um, Are we going to jump into it? Yeah, that was well. Yeah, that was no. Just that's the pretty best. good, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it, uh, Parker. If you're listening, thank you again for everything. Thank you, brother. Seriously, it was fucking unbelievable. Um, it was really great meeting you, man. And next time you're in the city, we'll fucking link up and do something. Yes, sir. So yeah, let's get into her. Let's go. All right, we are breaking down Green Day's fourth studio album, released on October 10th, 1995, just turned 26. That was my mother's birthday, by the way. Just turned 26 yesterday, baby. My mom did too. Uh, By Reprise, oh, she did 26? Cool. By Reprise (laughs) Records. It was recorded at High Street in San Francisco, and the band prioritized high-energy takes during the recording sessions, released as a follow to the band's multi-platinum breakthrough, Dookie Insomniac featured a heavier and more punk sound and bleaker lyrics than its predecessor. Lyrical of the album discusses themes such as alienation, anxiety, boredom, and drug use. Insomniac also served as a reaction to many early fans who had turned their backs on the band after it achieved mainstream success with Dookie, which I think one of the songs you wanted to talk about me no it's not i know what it is oh but it might be one of the ones you liked is one okay. of them that, that they specific because i know if you listen to the lyrics now that you know that you'll hear it and be like okay this is about that okay um it, re- it uh received genuine generally positive reviews from critics who praised frontman billy joe's songwriting and sarcastic sense of humor. Four songs were singles, 
my personal favorite off the record, Geek, Geek Stink Breath, uh, stuck with me, Brain Stew slash Jaded, and Walking Contradiction. Though it peaked at number two on the Billboard 200 chart, it was and was certified two times platinum by the Recording Industry Association in 1996. Insomniac did not have the sales endurance of its of Dookie, hmm. largely due to its slightly darker lyrical tone and heavier, more abrasive sound. Insomniac sold over two million one hundred thousand copies in the United States as of 2012. Uh, the album was reissued on vinyl on May 12, 2009. In 2021, a deluxe version of the album was released for its 25th anniversary, which I bought. I have it. It's orange. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, so, yeah. This is like widely regarded as an angrier Green Day album, which is why I loved it so much. Because I was like, this is super angry. I like this. <laughs> um, and it came because, like, you know, they began performing, like, coliseums and hockey hockey arenas. Yep. Um, and Billy Joe was getting a lot of criticism for being a sellout. Um, he told an interviewer, I think I was just lost. I couldn't find the strength to convince myself that I was doing that what I was doing was a good thing. I was in a band that was huge because it was supposed to be huge because our songs were that good, but I couldn't even feel that I was doing the right thing because it felt like I was making so many people angry. Damn. That's tough. Um, Mike Durant later said, I felt, I felt at the time that there was a real urgency to what we were doing. There was a real urgency to stake our claim and say, no, we belong here. It was really important to us to make sure people knew that we weren't just a flash in the pan. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically all I really have on it. So how do you feel about the album as a whole? I love it. I yeah. fucking love this album. This is like one of my favorite Green Day albums. Why is that? Because of the darkness? Yeah, because it's dark and angry. And just like the way it's kind of just like a big fuck you to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really, I really, really fucking love it. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just like, it's basically like, fuck you, we're here and we're not going anywhere. Like Green Day, we're not just a one hit wonder. And I think probably the biggest song on the record is Brain Stew. That's that probably sense. the, that would the make big sense. ones. Yeah. Brain Stew and Geek, Geek Stink Breath, I think, are the two big ones. Lookout Records found Insomniac to be depressing and recalls that uh, Larry Livermore, the co-founder of Lookout Records, found Insomniac to be depressing and recalls that he was even a bit worried about them oh boy. Upon, upon hearing the single Brain Stew. A staff writer for People compared the release of Insomniac to Nirvana's In Utero, which featured a darker, less accessible... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Hold on. Jesus. I have to wet my whistle. Get in there. Wet your throat. Get it ready. <clears throat> Keep in da- the Which breath. featured 
which featured a darker, less accessible sound in the wake of the success of the band's multi-platinum album, Nevermind. What? It's t- it said that people, a staff writer for People compared Insomniac to Nirvana's In Utero, which featured a darker, less accessible sound mm. in the wake of, Nir- of Nevermind. So, like, you know, it's like comparing those two records. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Like Insomniac to In Utero and Dookie to Nevermind. Because In Utero was like super dark and like depressing. I thought you were so saying was... Nevermind? No, 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 no. No, the album Nevermind. Gotcha. Yes. So, yeah, that's about it. How, how did you feel about this one? Tell me. Uh, so, oh, you want to know. Yeah, of course you do. I thought this album was great. Uh, I thought that this album, like everyone else said, had a lot of darkness to it, a lot of anger, which I did like about that. I did like the lyrics in it, a lot of the, all the songs, basically. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great album overall. The only negative I have on this album is every song sounds pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the structure of the uh, instruments, but... Uh, that doesn't yeah. mean I don't like it. It's just like I notice, like, because we, we break down these albums, so we look for things and we hear for things. And that was the only thing I was just like, damn, they didn't really switch it up as much as I thought they would. But flipping it again back onto the positive thing, I love the intros to like almost every single song. I thought they were really vibey and yeah. almost like like they had like a ska punk feel to them for like a second, and then it went back into like a normal riff, which was cool. So yeah, they were super. The this was a super punk album. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I feel like definitely. Like it was, uh, and that's kind of what punk like punk isn't. I don't know. Punk's whatever so, you make it, man. Yeah, and a lot of short songs. Like I think, Brains yeah, is the longest songs. Uh, like two minutes tops, except for the Panic song and Brains Do, which well, were over three minutes. Can I ask you? Is this song? Is this album? Um. Uh. Uh, is the hidden tracks at the end of the album? Because I, I was seeing different numbers on different things when I was looking it up. Like one site only well, had 14 and this one had 15. Well, because there's a Japanese version. What? That had I Don't Want to Be on TV, which we'll get into when we talk about um, shenanigans. All right. All right. Good enough. And then they had an Australian souvenir edition live EP. Which had live tracks. Yeah. And then the um, remastered vinyl that I have, the 25th anniversary one. Yes. Has live tracks from Prague, which has I'm out of shanks, brat, geek stink, breath, stuck with me, brain stew, jaded, walking contradiction in 86. 86 is great. So it's just a different version of it. Well, fucking right, dude. Yeah, so it's just a, it's more of a, I'd say Dookie was more of a pop punk album. Yes. And this is definitely just a punk album. Yeah. They were just like, fuck it, we're angry about stuff. Let's let's say fuck on the microphone a lot. Okay, fuck. Which they did. So. Yes. Really good fucking record right here. Fucking. Uh, I feel like, um, it's probably their most underrated record. One of, because I think actually Uno Dos Trey are actually their most un- underrated records. But this one I feel like doesn't get the recognition it should. Um, 
despite being considered a commercial disappointment, Armstrong said, Insomniac did a lot better than I thought it was going to do from the sound of it. We knew it wasn't going to sell as much as Dookie. But it was still still sold over 2 million copies, so I'd say that's pretty fucking good. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, the members became increasingly uncomfortable with the level of stardom they had attained. Armstrong recalled, we were becoming the things we hated. Playing those big arenas, it was beginning not to be fun anymore. Green Day also became homesick as touring forced the members to leave behind their families. The band eventually decided to cancel the late 1996 European leg of the Insomniac Tour and take time off to spend at home. During this time, the band continued to write and eventually completed over three dozen new songs by the beginning of 1997 for the upcoming album Nimrod. Hmm. So that just goes to show you like the, the, like the mental state that they were in. Mm -hmm. Um, when they wrote this and when this was going on. So, which I feel like was kind of like the same thing that Nirvana went through Mm. because I've watched a lot of documentaries on both bands, but like I know Kurt Cobain hated how big Nirvana got. Yeah. Hated it was like, this sucks. Like, you know, kind of like we not, not exactly what we talked to Parker Cannon about, but kind of along the same lines where he was kind of an introvert and didn't really like being, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The center of attention and the big, you know, everything. So, yeah, that's kind of where Green Day was with Insomniac. And I kind of feel like that might be why it kind of um, uh, didn't have as much success. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Because they went from like this sound that like almost no one had heard of, um, to like oh they're back to just being a punk band again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I'm reading this correctly, the album was included at number eight on Rock Sound's 51 most influential pop punk albums of all time. That's cool. Which is really high. For sure. <laughs> for sure uh considering like I, I don't know if they're talking about dookie because i'm just reading off the internet but uh yeah the lyrics were bleaker than dookies yeah uh while nothing on the album is as immediate as basket case of longview the band has gained powerful sonic punch and goes straight for the gut but sacrifices raw edge they so desperately want to keep and makes the record slightly tame. Billy Joe hasn't lost touch of his talent for simple, tuneful hooks, but after a series of songs that all sound pretty much the same, it becomes clear that he needs to push himself a little bit more if Green Day ever want to be something more than a good pop-punk band. As it is, they remain a good pop-punk band and Insomniac's a good pop-punk record, but nothing more. This was um, someone from All Music. Hmm. Well, they're an um, idiot. <laughs> well, they just said exactly what you said. What all do you the mean? Song- they said after a series of songs that all sound pretty much the same. Yeah, but he was shitting on it more than me. No, I know. I know you weren't shitting on it, but yeah. Um, and then some, someone said 
opined. He opined. He didn't say. He opined. Armstrong. Yeah. Armstrong sound. Armstrong songs conceptualize his natural wine with a musicality that undercuts his defetism. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. But anyway, it says the album was included at, at number eight on Rock Sound's 51 most influential, most essential pop punk records of all time. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, so much for not a big success. Yeah, dickhead. Yeah, idiots. Yeah. So that's why you can't listen to music critics. Don't listen to us when we tell you an album sucks. Make your own opinion. Yeah, seriously, though. That's you think so it, true. If We're you not think sitting here telling you you're uh, right or wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you hate this album, then you're wrong, but... Yeah, no, idiot. I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can have your opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of you out there that like Neck Deep's new record. Mm-hmm. And you're not wrong to like Neck Deep's record. We just didn't like it. I didn't like it. I wasn't a fan, but I wasn't. We know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know how that went. But Yeah. But, um, yeah, just goes to don't, don't listen to anyone else and form your opinion because someone else doesn't like something, you know? Like, look at all those music critics that said this album sucked, and then, you know, Music Sound was like, no, it's actually pretty sick. Yeah. Fucking bastards. You got anything to add before we get into the breakdown here? Toots. Oh, toots. My little dog's name was Tootsie. <laughs> like a Tootsie oh roll. Yeah. 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 No, let's uh let's get into the first song with Green Day's album. Insomniac. <gasps> well, you started off, baby cakes, because this is your bad boy. Oh my god. <sighs> All right, Ahmadid Shanks is the opening track on Insomnia. The name refers to Ahmadid Shanks, a British toilet company. Green Day saw the name on a bathroom during their first tour in England and decided to name a song after it. So that's where this one came from. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, this song, really, it's a great opener. Definitely is. Because it uh, punches you right in the mouth. Just standing, lost inside myself. My own friend and my own closest enemy. Like, oh, more perfection. More <laughs> Like just such this those lyrics are so sick. Stranded, lost inside myself, my own worst friend and my own worst and my own closest enemy. I'm branded, maladjusted, never trusted anyone, let alone myself. The chorus is: I must insist on being a pessimist. I'm a loner in a catastrophic mind. Just like I can see why people would probably be worried about them after this, right? Because it's like. This is why it's like one of my this is why it's one of my favorite Green Day records because it really dives into like depression and mental health and anxiety a lot. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's all I really have for this one. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, what? for me, I like the intro. It's this song's got this album's got like that skate punk feel to it. Um, yes. So if you like listen to the intro of this fucking uh blah of this album 
it the drums really hold a lot of like how the punk sound is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't really kill a job um all you hear is the drums to begin with the lyrics batch already broke down so i don't need to get into that for this song but um just a, just a good opener man great song absolutely so next one hey I love this song. Uh, this song is gonna be brat. Dad don't look so hot. They say say get it up the So brat starts off with Billy like singing acapella-ly, and he says, "Mom and Dad don't look so hot these days. They're getting, getting over the, the hill. hill. <laughs> Death is closing in and catching up, as far as I can tell." And then it, the drum kicks in, the band kicks in, and it's got a plan of action and cold blood, and it smells of defiance. I'll just wait for mom and dad to die and get my inheritance. So that's the dark part that we're going to talk yeah. about here. <laughs> that's yes. pretty fucked up. But um, yeah, and then it goes into the chorus, which is, well, now I want more because I'm getting bored, and I'm going nowhere fast. I, once, I was once filled with doubt, but it's all figured out. Well, nothing good can last. Super self pity self-hate self-deprecating self-deprecating all it's just pretty much that's the whole song um so this is the second track on insomniac uh it's about a kid waiting for his parents to die so he can get his inheritance which is what we talk about and that is hence the song title um really good man i really like the song uh mm. it's fucked up but i really like the whole thing about it they really seem to experiment more with like instrumental breaks and like instrumentals on this record. Yeah, like so he'll stop and you'll hear like, but it's not long. No, no, it's not long. You know, like some of the intros are a little longer, but like I love that. Yeah, I know, not, but it's like again, <clears throat> they're really like shortened to the point because a lot of them are just two minutes, less than two minutes. Like there's only two songs that are over three minutes long on this record. Everything's like bang, 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 bang. Just quick, yeah. quick hitters. I mean, yeah. I mean, you get two minute songs, like not many lyrics, not a lot more instrumentals. Like it's self-explanatory for the most part. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, this is just a great song. I love this song so much. Yeah. Again, just like one of my favorite, this is probably my, yeah, this is one of my favorite records by them. I feel like I say that about everyone, but like <laughs> this one's just like I'll make a um there is there is one that I don't there is one you'll yeah, I don't know. There is a couple that I don't like, but right, this we'll one I it. yeah, this one I definitely love. But um next oh are you ready? Go oh on. I'm ready, dude. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. The uh the next one is uh stuck with me. It's about Dude. it's about what being intro. <laughs> yes. What a it's Green about, Day intro. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, it's about being too weak and too much of a pushover to stand up for yourself. Just like such a crazy, crazy Green Day intro um, to this one. Um, the first verse: I'm not a part of your elite. I'm just all right. Class structures weaving, colors bleeding from my throat. I'm not subservient to you. I'm just all right. Downclassed by the powers that be. Give me loss of hope. Like, this is so punk. Yeah. This is so fucking This is punk. like anti-government, anti-everything punk rock shit. And that's like what I talk about when people are like, Green Day switched up with American Idiot and they were so anti-government. It's like, go back and listen to Insomniac. 
Like, mm-hmm. go back and listen to Nimrod. Like, there's plenty of that in, like, Minority is another one. This song, like, there's plenty of anti-government songs. They were a punk band, so they hate the government no matter what. <laughs> like, they didn't just switch up and decide. Like, I guess they decided to be make an album all about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, they've always had that, which is just that first verse right there. And then the chorus, cast out, buried in a hole, struck down, forcing me to fall, destroyed, giving up the fight. Well, I know I'm not all right. <clears throat> well, I know I'm not all right. So good. This is a really, I, and then like the way that that chorus is sung is so cool. Cast oh, out, dude. buried <laughs> in a hole, struck down, forcing me to fall, destroyed, giving up the fight. Well, I know I'm not all right. So good. Fire, dude. Absolute fire. I love this. is like the most Green Day song on the album besides Brain Stew, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I just love how it sounds coming in. It's just got this. And when I mean Green Day, I guess I mean uh, by that, I mean like Dookie. Because Dookie yeah. to me is like when I think when I say Green Day, I'm not talking about like American Idiot. I'm talking about Dookie because I think that's the most Green Day sounding album. Yeah. To me. Um, so when I'm talking about that, that's what I'm saying. This has that like dookie feel to it, like hardcore pop punk, good ass. That's kind of like what I mean when I, when I talk about Blink and I yeah. say the Blink sound, I mean Enema. That's I what you. I mean by Blink sound. And that's yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. 100%. I love this song, though. It's a great song, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's so fucking good. This is, this has like a pretty cool bridge to it, too. Like the way that the the baseline with the yeah, dude, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking sick. Now one, two, three, four, cast out, buried in a hole. So good, really, really good song. And we're only three songs in. That's right, bitches. Go ahead, Steven. You got the next one, the big one, dude. This song's so fun, dude. So angry. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> just a no, really it's great. So good, dude. It's so good, dude. Uh, the song is "Geek Stink Breath." If you didn't get that by the uh, guitar intro, that I'm clearly amazing at. Um. Geek, geek, stink, breath is about methamphetamine usage. The song does not glorify meth, instead detailing the profoundly negative consequences that addiction carries for a user's appearance and state of mind. However, it also hints at the... Fuck. What is this word? Nihilism? Do you know uh, that word? The fuck? Nihilism? Nihilism? Nihilism. <laughs> Oh, Nihilism. I had it. I fucking had it. Oh, I didn't even hear you had Okay. Um, Nihilism. <laughs> however, it also hints at the nihilism that gets many people into methamphetamine usage in the first place. Um, the video to the song was actually banned from television in the 1990s due to showing dentistry in great... Oh, dude, have you seen this music video? I honestly have not. I did Bro. see the picture on the screen right now. Oh, but, uh, man, dude. This... The music video is a guy getting his tooth ripped out. Yeah. And like, it's 
it's graphic. <laughs> like, so I'm going to give you all a warning right now. If you are weak with blood, if you don't like blood, do not watch this music video. Like the end of it, they finally get the tooth out and it is just fucking, it's like a, like a Halloween movie in that, in there. Like it is crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of blood, but it's fucking, it's, it's no wonder why it got banned. It's crazy. Damn dude. Cause I obviously used to hang out with the fellas and we used to just watch uh, international super hits. Yeah. Which was like their first greatest hits. Rinda's had like three greatest hits eras. So um, the first one was international super hits and it was a CD DVD combo. And we used to watch the DVD, which had all the music videos for them, <laughs> bro. This one, we would like sit there and be like, I wonder if they gave him Novocaine or not. It doesn't look it like we were sitting there like, oh my God. Because <laughs> right at the end when it's like, geek, stink, breath. And then it like rips out and it's just like blood everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a good one. Fuck but yeah, again, dude. if you don't like blood, please don't watch this music video. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, you're fine, dude. That was I wanted to know that because actually yeah. I was I don't I was reading that, but I don't know it. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that's um, crazy. But anyways, so uh, it opens up with the first verse, which is I'm on a mission. I've made my decision. Uh, lead a path of self destruction. Obviously, a slow progression, killing my complexion, and it's rotting out my teeth. Methamphetamine will rot your teeth out. Yep. The chorus is I'm on a roll, no self control. I'm blowing off steam with methamphetamine. Well, don't know what I want, and that's all that I've got. And I'm picking scabs off my face. I mean, you can keep going with this, but it's pretty graphic. This is pretty. Again, I can understand why someone might be like, "What the fuck is going on? Why are they talking about this? Is Billy doing meth? What the fuck is going on?" Like, <laughs> I could see them being like, "What in the fuck?" But, um, it's it's a really fucking good song. Really it is. good song. It's super good. But that's what I got. I'm sure you got yeah. some more. <clears throat> no, it's that you pretty much nailed it. It's just about doing meth and what it does to you. And um, it's really, really good. Like, it's super, it's like angry. It's just so like, uh, it's just so good though. Um, You good with that one? Yeah, let's get to the next one, dude. All right. You want to take this one? Because I know this was like your favorite song on the record. Um, Yeah, so I guess so. Yeah, if you don't. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't care. Go ahead. You can take the next two. Yeah, all right. All right. So we're going to go into No Pride. This just, just got like a super big punk sound to it. Uh, the -hmm. reason it caught me was again, I'm going to say it again a million times. The fucking intro was just super punk. Yep. And the lyrics to the song were really, really cool. Um, so I'll read here. It says, No Pride deals with the narrative's feelings of anger and rejection toward the underground punk community from which he came. Yep. When Green Days went mainstream, so to speak. Many former fans and critics accused them of selling out. The group was banned from 1924 Gilman, an all-ages venue that where they got their start for releasing an album on a major label. This song acts as a response to the critics of the band's trajectory in the music business. So... Basically, to reiterate all that, what Batch said at the beginning of the podcast before we started breaking down this album is exactly what the song is about. This is the big fuck you to everybody who thinks we sold out. A big fuck you to all the venues, the management, the labels, the fans that said that basically they weren't going to make shit and they suck now. 
And that's basically what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batch hit that on the head. It opens up with, well, I'm just a mutt. Nowhere is my home. Where dignity is a landmine in the school of lost hope. I panhandled for life because I'm not afraid to beg. Hand me down your lost and founds of secondhand regret. So basically saying, like, I'm not, af- I'm not offended or afraid to be who I am. Um, in a different, you know, analogy, I guess. And then the pre-chorus is, you better swallow your pride. Excuse me. Or you're going to choke on it. You better digest your values because they're turned to shit. And the chorus, which is like one of my favorite parts besides the second verse is honor is going to knock you down before you chan before your chance to stand up and fight. Well, I know I'm not the one I got no pride. The second verse. Well, sex, well, sex of disconnection and traditions of lost faith. No culture's worth a stream of piss or a bullet in my face to hell with unity. Separation will kill us all torn to shreds and disjointed before the final fall. There's Ooh. a lot to take in all there. I know I read a lot, but what yeah, all great good. lyricism, um, great depictions. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really, really awesome song. And I love the outro. I got no pride. Close your eyes and die. I got no pride. And the way he sings it is fucking cool. Yeah. Super cool. It's uh, it's very, very punk. Yeah. Straight to the point. Um, so that second verse, the end of it, like yeah. to hell, to hell the unity with unity separation will kill us all. Yeah. To understand blah blah that, uh, the thought of unity, um, is actually splitting humanity up into sects, like different like religion like yeah you know, I don't mean sex. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. sections basically. Yeah, yeah. For example, the underground punks pledging for unity, really means unifying just them thus leading to isolation from the rest of the nation this isolation will lead to disagreements hate fights and eventually the downfall of the people claiming to be unified in the first place so that's what he means by that okay cool good to know hell yeah so yeah this was just such a great like old school punk song with a little pop to it green day a little green day spin to it a little green day spin yeah. Yeah, fuck neck deep. Yeah, fuck neck deep, mate. They're shit. The dad owns a record label. Ben's dad owns a record label. <laughs> I don't know why we did that. I don't know why we did that either. <laughs> this is Green Day. Yeah. Anyways. You good with that one? I'm good with that, bro. Let's get into right. your next one. All right. Uh, Babs, uvula who? Deals with feelings of anxiety and ineptitude. The narrator repeatedly describes how his personal nature and inner struggles cause him to make missteps and mistakes. The title of the song was taken from a 1976 Saturday Night Live sketch called Babs Uvula, in which a uvula specialist, Chevy Chase, <laughs> tells his patient Babs, Gilda Radner, a knock-knock joke. The joke is, knock, knock, who's there? Babs Uvula. Babs Uvula who? I don't know, Babs, but I do know this. You really let your uvula go to the dogs. Ha, 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 ha. The reference bears no relation to the song subject matter. So they basically just took the Babs Uvula who <laughs> for the fuck of it. Um... This song is one of my favorites. Uh, mm. The lyric, I've got a knock for fucking everything up. 
my temper flies and I get myself all wound up. My fuse is short. My blood pressure is high. I lose control and I get myself all wound up. Tension mounts and I fly off the wall, self-destruct, and I get myself all wound up. Petulance and irritation set in. I throw a tantrum and I get myself all wound up. I lose myself and I'm all wound up. I hate myself and I'm all wound up. Loss of control and I'm all wound up. I lose myself and I'm all wound up. Like, just like, super like, that. that's exactly like almost what it, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what anxiety feels like. Like, all of a sudden, something happens, I'm all wound up. I lose control, I get myself all wound up. Like, I fly off the wall, I self-destruct, I get myself all wound up. Like, that's exactly what happens. All it takes is one little fucking flick of the switch, and you're all wound up. Mm-hmm. And it's off. You're not getting back. <laughs> um, it, that's been, Yeah, it's just really, really good. I really enjoyed this one a lot. This song's so great. Yeah, I, I really like uh, the how he sings the first verse when he comes in, like, kind of fast. I've got a neck and I've a fucking thing up. Like, the way he comes fucking everything up. My yeah, temper flies, and I got myself all wound up. It's not that, like... My fuse is short and my blood pressure is high. Yeah, dude. It's cool the way he sings it. And then in the second verse, my favorite lyric, he says, is, uh, my temper snaps and I get myself all wound up. Spontaneous combustion, panic attack. I yep. slipped a gear and got myself all wound up. So back to what Batch was saying with basically, like, all it takes is one thing, and boom, there's a spontaneous combustion panic attack out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. you slipped a gear, referencing, you know, you, you slipped and you went down or up a gear, whatever it is, but... It's awesome, man. It's depicting is what, you know, panic attacks can be. What, And maybe not even a panic attack, just like anxiety. And it's it's really important. And it's once again, like, that's all. It, it could literally take me spilling this fucking can on my desk, not on the computer, on the desk. And it's as simple as cleaning it up. But then that skyrockets me to like, oh, fucking this. And next thing I know, I start thinking negative thoughts and bad thoughts mm-hmm. and everything's fucking stupid and I got homework and this and I'm not going to make it. And then, then I'm having a panic attack and I'm crying or I'm upset. Like, man, we're too hard on ourselves as humans. I'm telling you, but this song really got a, they got a hold of that. Sometimes we just lose ourselves and we get fed up, man. And all wound up. So shut. Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, this next one, I'll take the. Are you, are you good with that? No, no, one? no. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, this next one is 86. I will tell you. I could have swore 86 was a band, too. Uh, 86 derives its lyrics from a conversation Billy Joe had at 924 Gilman, a popular Berkeley all-ages venue where Green Day got their start. To be 86 means you got kicked out. Oh, what? Yeah. That's cool. Though it has ambiguous origins, this is exactly what happened to the band when they released Dookie on a major label. They got banned from Gilman, as we talked about. I remember that, yeah. Um. I didn't know it meant 86. That's kind of cool. It is widely believed that Platypus, I Hate You, and Ha Ha You're Dead are about the club's singer. I mean, the club's owner, Tim Johannan. Fuck you, Tim. We'll, 
we'll get into those two songs later on. But um, yeah, so this is about them getting kicked out of Gilman Street. <laughs> um, so this is basically how the conversation went. What brings you around? Did you lose something last time you were here? You'll never find it now. It's buried deep within your ident with your identity. So stand aside and let the next one pass. Don't let the door kick you in the ass. And then there's no return from any sex. Don't even try. That's the chorus. Yep. Exit out the back. Never show your head around again. Purchase your ticket and quickly take the last train out of town. And stand aside. Let the next one pass. Don't let the door kick you in the ass. I just love, I absolutely yeah. love this song. The song is so awesome. It's a great song, dude. It's got a real big, um, I don't know. It's it got like a surf vibe to it. I don't. Mm -hmm. It's weird, dude. It's like it doesn't, and it does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like this, like skate punk type of. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. It's like really, it's really cool, man. Yeah, I love it a lot. And I, ah, I just fucking smashed my knee on my table. Sorry. <laughs> oh my. Damn, that hurts. Anyways, are you all right? I'm totally fine. I need a bandaid on my boo boo. All right. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Like they reference Gilman Street a lot and how much they uh, are not happy with that. Well, I don't blame them. No, I don't either. If I got fucking kicked out of a place just because I started making a little money. Mm. So, next one. I love. Oh, well, did you have anything? Oh, oh, sorry. No, I, I, that was it. That was it. Okay. Yeah. All right then. I love this song. Yes. It is panic song. That's what the song is about. It's having a panic yeah. attack. Okay. Mm -hmm. Billy Joel and Mike used to suffer from panic attacks, so they wrote the song about uh, what you feel when you're caught by one of those. Um, this first, like, two minutes of the song is just fucking straight fire instrumental. Oh, and the, dude, the so bass sick. is so... I don't know how his fingers don't get tired. It's, just... <laughs> it's so... It's You know what, dude? I could honestly just listen to the instrumental and be super fucking, like, relaxing. It's very calming. It's not, like, heavy punk. It's very just relaxing instrumental. But right. it's almost descriptive of, like, a panic attack, how all over the place it is, is, like, just super fast. Um, the first verse, uh, which it opens up with after, like, two minutes, is ready for a cheap escape on the, brick, on the brink of self-destruction, widespread panic, broken glass inside my head, bleeding down these thoughts of anguish, mass confusion. And then the chorus is, well, the world is a sick machine breeding a massive shit with such a dissolute conclusion with the void with I don't care. And then the second verse, there's a plague inside of me eating at my disposition. Nothing's left torn out to reality to a state of no opinion, limp with hate. Fuck me, bud. Oh, Jesus. Fuck me. Fuck me. And the outro, the outro, tell the people what the outro is, batch. I want to jump out. Oh my god! What do you, like, buddy? Like, there's so much to break down, but there isn't. Like, like what? That's 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 almost a better, very like vague description of what a panic attack is. Like, you yeah. just your brain is broken. It feels like, like he said, with the glass breaking, um, the world's just a fucking machine. There's 
there's basically nothing going on and this fucking I just want to jump. I just want to jump out of my skin. I want to jump out of this. I want to, it could be, you just don't want to be in this position anymore. And man, again, with Green Day, Billy, and like just the whole band, like being this vulnerable to come out and say these things and talk about these things. Like, Like, I feel like a lot of people didn't. This is um, back in like 1995. Yeah. Like, and we talked about it on the other breakdowns. Like, this shit wasn't talk even, about this shit. No, but I also feel like this was like so looked over, dude. Like even yeah. the people that listened to it were not listening to it for the lyrics. They were more just like, I want to hear Green Day. And I feel like this is one of those songs where like diehards really like listened to the lyrics and were like, holy fuck. It's like listening to Adam's song by Blink-182 and be mm-hmm. like, that's a banger. I don't really know what it's about, but I fucking love it. And then the people are like, dude, that song's serious, bro. Yeah, that song's heavy. Like, These songs are like that too, but I know. obviously not on the Blink scale because Green Day has a way more better way of describing and their lyricism is incredible. Not Tom DeLonge's lyricism is incredible too, but the older he gets, it's better. But for Green Day's sake, it's so good. It's so fucking good. That's, yeah, that's just what... And yeah, we're not going to compare them right now, but that's fair. I mean, as... As Tom got older, I feel like he got much better at writing about serious shit. And freer, I feel like, just with the whole Mark situation. Like, well, I know yeah, we're yeah. not going like, to get into it. but like, like AVA, I feel like he definitely oh is God. like... His AVA lyrics are like right, right there with this. Yeah. Like, they're so good. They're just um, in depth, you know? Yeah, they are. It's more... It's deeper, if that makes sense. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like... And this is like Green Day's always been mostly pretty deep lyrics and pretty deep meanings in most of their songs. Oh yeah, that's something that they've always had. Yeah. So yeah, not that Blink isn't good or anything like that. It's just different. It's just a different. They were also they were also older. This is true. Like when when the stuff like when this was happening, Green Day was a little older. Mm-hmm. Not much, but a little bit. And they, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like they were in different places too. Like, I feel like Billy had like, like the, it said they had families and shit and everything else. Like, I don't think Blink had like any of that. Yeah, I don't think so. Not then, no. So, but yeah. Quick little comparison. Quick comparison. You ready? I'm ready. All right. This one is Stuart in the Avenue. Uh, Billy's girlfriend broke up with him before Insomniac's release, so he proceeded to go home and write a punk, anger-filled song about it. Stuart in the Avenue is a real location in Berkeley, California. It is an intersection between Stewart Street and Telegraph Avenue. So that's where that came from. Stewart and the Ave. Stewart in the Ave. Standing on the corner of Stewart and the Avenue, ripping up my transfer and a photograph of you. You're a blur of my dead past and rotting existence as I stand laughing on the corner of insignificance. Well, destiny is dead in the hands of bad luck. Before, it might have made some sense, but now it's all fucked up. I just love the way that that chorus is sung. I like this song. 
Yeah, this song's so I like this fucking song a awesome. Lot, dude. Like, oh, it's so good. Seasons change as well as mine's, and I'm a two-faced clown. Your mommy's a little nightmare driving daddy's car around. <laughs> I'm be- <laughs> I'm beat down and half brain dead. The long lost king of fools. I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid enough to stay with you. Like you want a good breakup song. This is a good this is a good fucking breakup <laughs> song. <laughs> That's hundred percent so right. Yeah. So in the ending, we're all fucked yeah. up. You're we're all fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> so good. So fucking good. Um, did you have anything else to add to this? Nah, dude, that was good, man. That was really good. Hell yeah. It's so it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like just the way that he's like, um, just that second verse. I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid enough to stay with you. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So good. Imagine being his ex girlfriend and hearing that. Oh man, imagine knowing oh, no. it's about you. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. He got, he got so mad he just went and wrote this. <laughs> and thousands of thousands of thousands of people heard. I know. He was Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift. This is, uh, yeah, <laughs> in a sense, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. All right, you got the big boy. Did we already do this song? No. We haven't ever done this song? Is this the first time it came out? Yeah. Damn, why do I feel like it's already been out before? Brainstorm. Damn, I didn't know it came out on this album. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Okay, well, you all know it. You all heard it. You all want to hear it. It's Brain Stew. <laughs> uh, a song Down with out. really... Oh, what's Down that out. I hear? Oh, my God, it's coming. Down out. <gasps> Bam out. Bam out. Bam out. <laughs> so good. <laughs> this, song, this song live is incredible. Yep. Yep. What a good song, dude. I'm yep. having trouble trying to sleep. Oh my god, he did do math. Did he? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's about. Oh, so Billy Armstrong sings about insomnia from methamphetamine usage. Armstrong admitted to using speed. <laughs> well, <laughs> for writing most of the band's early songs. Wow, this guy was into it, huh? Yeah. The, sim- the, the Simpsons especially. The uh, <laughs> album's... <laughs> Dying. Titular. <laughs> right. Insomnia. <laughs> are typical of methamphetamine usage. It's also notable for segueing directly into the next track, Jaded. Yes. To the point the single had both together. So go ahead. Thank you for that uh, cover, recovering me. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. Great song. Great, oh, great dude. song. Uh, dude, who doesn't know this song? This can Who like, doesn't know this song? This can also, like, I know we just said it's about methamphetamine usage, but... I never fucking knew that. My eyes feel like when, they're gonna bleed. <laughs> when you're, like, super anxious or, like, super depressed and you don't, like... I know people say, like, you sleep a lot when you're depressed. Mm-hmm. But you sleep a lot during the day. And you're up, like, all night long trying to go to sleep. And your anxiety and everything won't let you. So that's how I took this. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm sure you took it that way too. Oh yeah, dude, hundred percent. Uh, I'm having trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting sheep, but running out as time ticks by. Still, I try. No rest for cross tops in my mind. Like, oh, I'm on my own. Here we go, dude. 
Oh my god. Dude, this is this... a song that I could hear Simple Plan singing. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. I'm on my own. Here we go. I could see it. I could see it. That's no. just very upset right now. No, I could not see that. I could see it. I'm going to make it happen. Don't do it. I'm going to make I'm gonna call I'm going to call it Simple Plan. <laughs> Get him on cameo or something. Get him on cameo. So yeah, anyways. Um anyways, uh Billy said in an interview with Rolling Stones, he said this song is such a dark horse. I had just gotten some records recording equipment and I came up with the riff when I was experimenting with for the first time. Oh, this is cool, he said. It's almost sounding like a harder Beatles song, like While My Guitar Gently Weeps. The song is about methamphetamine, like we talked about, and not being able to sleep and staying up all night. It was something that was creeping into our punk scene at the time, and I definitely did my experimenting with it. It's just an evil, evil drug. Um, Mm -hmm. He goes on to say things were getting really scary. I'm such a dedicated songwriter and musician, and when Dookie got so big, it was a par with becoming one of the biggest pop records of all time. I really wanted to be like, I'm a rocker. I'm a punk rocker. That's what matters to me more than being some kind of pop star. That sort of fueled that record. And lastly, he says, everything was happening. I got married. I had a kid. I was 23 years old. People were climbing in my trees to look inside my house. It was the scary side of becoming a rock star or whatever you'd call it. You can't control the outcome of your life. I wanted to show the uglier side of what Green Day was capable of. Very cool insight. Yeah. Very that's cool really cool um i just love the whole um you know the whole my eyes feel like they're gonna bleed dried up and bulging out my skull my mouth is dry my face is numb fucked up and spun out in my room in the second verse um my mind is set on overdrive the clock is laughing in my face a crooked spine, my senses dulled, past the point of delirium. I absolutely like, whew. that's like perfect for when you can't sleep and you're just laying there like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. your eyes do feel like they're going to fucking bleed. Mm-hmm. But did you have anything else? Uh, no, that was pretty much it. I, everyone knows this fucking song. It's so good. I don't know. Sounds fucking the song fucking rules. It's so heavy too. Mm-hmm. Especially for them. All right. To the next one, my lad. To the Let's next climb one. The ladder. La 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 la. <laughs> sorry. Natural caffeine from sour watermelon. Come get your ghost here at the Empty Space Podcast. Energy oh, and simple sugar. Are we doing free ads? Okay. Yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. All right, the next one is uh, Jaded. Isn't that a, a simple re- plan song? <laughs> no, 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 it's messed. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a mess song. A really fast-paced song, which is directly connected to the previous song in in the album Brain Stew. Uh, the single and the music video and live performances all go together. Um, because Brain Stew is written about crashing back to reality to come down after being high on a methamphetamine 
whereas jaded is about redosing methamphetamine so the euphoria stimulation racing thoughts and anxiety and wakefulness and wakefulness come back I, I love how like fast somebody keep my balance. I think I'm falling off into the state of regression. Yeah, it's super fast. Dude, the drums. It is. God, we say it every time we talk about Green Day, but those fucking drums are some serious talent, dude. Serious talent. They were, he is, he's very, very underrated. Mm-hmm. We say it every time we break down a Green Day album. I know. But um, anyways. Um. <clears throat> always move always move forward going straight won't get you nowhere there is no progress evolution killed it all i found my place in nowhere i just uh, uh, this song so it's like super like cuz you just go from like it's exact it's so good that it goes together because like that's what it would apparently be like i don't know mm-hmm. i've never done a methamphetamine like speed well i guess huh. I guess Coke would be a meth. Uh, I don't think Coke is. Is it considered a methamphetamine? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I think it's a narcotic. I don't no, think Coke's it is. A, Coke's a narcotic. Coke's a narcotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We're both- yeah, we're both wrong. We don't know our drug classifications. Clearly, we're drug addicts. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything to add to this? No, I like that. Uh, how it segues in. Good song. song. Yeah. Good song. I. You can actually hear brain stew at the very one second mark of this beginning song because it's a segue so it's kind of cool very fast paced fucking love the drums absolutely love the drums great song it really is it's it's so good it's really fun live too mm-hmm. um all right we're on to the next one we got westbound sign <laughs> This, this is one of Steven's favorites. One of my favorites comes in with the guitar. I know you guys love hearing me do that, so you're probably very excited to hear the actual song. So this song was written by Billy Joe Armstrong. It's about his wife who moved from Minneapolis to California to be with him. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> The first verse, boxed up all her favorite things, sold the rest at a rainy yard sale, big plans and leaving friends in westbound sign, weighed out her choices on a scale, prevailing nothing made sense, just transportation and a blank decision. And the chorus is, she's taken off, taken off, taken off, taken off. Um, it's actually one of my favorite songs, which is weird because it's one of the more, um, I guess, boring songs in the sense where it's like, yeah, there's not a lot behind it. Like, it's not about some deep, dark thing, but I just really liked the song because of the way he's singing it. And the uh, the second verse, I'll tell you, is no time and no copping out. She's burning daylight and petrol. Blacked out the rear view mirror, hiding, heading westward on strung out up Confusion Road. And 10-minute nervous breakdown, Xanax, a beer for thought, and she's determined. So basically just saying how scared she is and you can't turn around now. Let's fucking yeah. let's keep going. Um 2,000 miles away. She's taken off. It's crazy. Yes, sir. Um, I really like 
um, the bridge where it's like, oh, is this salvation or an escape from discontent? Will she find her name in the California cement? Punched out of the grind that punched her one too many times is tragedy 2,000 miles away. She's taken off. Mm. Like, super fucking good. Mm-hmm. Did you just read that? No, I read... Um, okay. I just read the 2,000... I knew the lyrics 2,000 miles, and I wanted to reference that because I... Oh, yeah. In California. The, the, yeah, the 2,000 light years away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been off and on. He, he had been off and on with her for a long time. Well, you know... He made some good music because of it. Yeah, so cool. fucking... God bless him. Yeah. I, did you have anything else to add to that? Mm-mm. All right. One second. Lost my <laughs> Well, let's sing a song for those who wait. Because Batch is finding his page. Steven waits so patiently. Maybe he'll turn on the TV. He's still looking. We're waiting for Batch. Hold on, do I hear that scratch? It's my cat. I'm okay, tight one hill. It's a great song. Sorry, I had a million things open because I'm trying to study for that test and like I have all like the PowerPoints open and shit and I just uh, walked yeah. like I was like, okay. Where the fuck am I? Like, it gave the audience a great uh annoying singing yeah. song. It was great. <laughs> oh, you want me to uh, do it again? No. Uh, it's, too, it's too good. Yeah, it's too good. We don't need to we don't need people stealing that from us. Ah uh, man, you're so kind. I know. Um so Tightwad Hill is a location in Crockett, California. Where some people got high and did drugs. My God, it may have been fun for those to those people back then, but the narrator no longer finds those things joyful anymore. <clears throat> um, the first verse is "Cheapskate on the Hill," a thrill seeker making deals, sugar city urchin wasting time, town of lunatics begging for another fix, turning tricks for speedballs one more night. Uh, the chorus, making your rounds once again, turning up empty-handed, bumming a ride, burning daylight. Last up at dawn, Tightwad Hill. Um, just paints a really, like, really descriptive picture of, like, what that place must have looked like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you can just, like, picture a drugstore hooligan, the second verse, drugstore hooligan, another white trash mannequin. On display to rot up on the hill, living out a lie, but having the time of his life, hating every minute of his existence. And then there's another cool instrumental breakdown, um, and then it goes into the chorus again. Really short, really like basic, but it's a good like punk song at the same mm-hmm. time. Really enjoy this one. Did you have anything to add to that? Not really, dude. Honestly good song though i do like yeah. that it depicted that like picture for you and i liked that it was a kind of a different view on the drugs that he was previously talking about you know right so so now that this is probably 
one of my favorite songs. I know I've said this about a lot of them, but this is one of my favorite songs on this record. Why don't you hit it, dude? No, no, no. Go ahead. Walking. Go, go. What? Go ahead. Okay. Walking contradiction. This is the fourth single and the final track from Insomniac. Green Day. <coughs> wow. <laughs> oh boy. Lost my voice. Green Day's angst filled fourth album, basically containing any and all negative emotions Billy Joe Armstrong could possibly muster. The song is a fitting end to an album about being an introverted loser hypocrite. As each line is a different humorous hypocritical scenario. This song is an excellent example of Billy Joe at his sarcastic best. Also, the music video was filmed in Los Angeles, depicts the three band members walking through the city street, obliviously causing destruction and coming out <coughs> unscar- <Sorry>. unscarthed. <clears throat> Great song. Great song. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really good song. Fucking great um, song, dude. I like the lyrics. Um, They're so like, <laughs> like, yeah, just like everything's like so contradictory, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Um, like, um, do as I say, not as I do, because I, the shit's so deep, you can't run away. I beg to differ on the contrary. Agree with every word that you say. Talk is cheap and lies are expensive. My wallet's fat and so is my head. Hit and run, and then I'll hit you again. A smart ass, but I'm playing dumb. Um, standard set and broken all the time. Control the chaos behind the gun. Call it as I see it, even if I was born deaf, blind, and dumb. I love that line. Mm-hmm. Losers winning big on the lottery. Rehab rejects, still sniffing glue. Constant refutation with myself, a victim of a catch-22. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love uh, it. I, <laughs> I also like how Billy says in a uh, Rolling Stones article, he says that uh, basically like everyone has this like depict image of them being like this punk rock guy. And the fact that like the bandmates aren't complaining about money or anything like that and traveling and all that stuff. But he's like, yeah, I still get fucking mad at least five days out of the week. I'm a fucking human. It's, it's yeah. human nature. Everybody gets sick of life. So. I thought that was pretty interesting. Like, no matter who and how big you are, like, you're still fucking human. You can yeah, still, you still get angry. Feel, yeah. You're so allowed to feel. Exactly. Loved it. Absolutely, bro. Um, did you have anything else on that one? I did not, my friend. I did not. All right. Next one is a bonus track, <gasps> which is also found on... Shenanigans, which oh came my God. out. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. You're going to sing a song? Okay. Oh, uh, this is Steve. He says, hi, you want to hang out and call that guy? We got TVs. We got babies. We're selling crack on the street. Everybody wants to be with Steve. Steve, Steve. I need crack. I need babies. I need, need you. Crack. Call me crazy. This is Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you? I need some crack. <laughs> Steve, get over here. I'm not selling crack to you, bitch. Get out of here. 
I'm just waiting for my crack daddy to come over here and sit on my face. Well, you know, if we're waiting for crack, hey, shut up. Everybody shut up. Nobody likes this part of the podcast. Did you find it? I didn't even lose it. Oh, I thought you told me to say I did. I just wanted to hear you do that again. Oh, okay. So you do Shut have up, bitch. I don't have any crack. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this is a simple song about how he really wants to be famous. And it's a cover of a Fang song. Do you know the band Fang? No, and to be honest, I did not hear this song because I couldn't find it on uh, the YouTubes. Oh, like not. I know it's on YouTube. I just couldn't find it on like I was listening to the album as a whole while I was driving and stuff. So yeah. I'll have to listen to the song after your description. And uh, it's really pretty basic. Um, it's, you know, the first verse is I want to be a pretty boy. I want to go on solid gold. I want to date a millionaire. I want to make the people stare. I want to be on TV. I want people to know me. I want to be on TV. But it's like super punk. Yeah. Hell yeah, so I think it's really good. It's a really good punk song. Uh, the, thir- the third verse, gonna want to make a scene, gonna get some free cocaine, gonna wear my Calvin Klein's Emmy Award will be all mine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. Loved it. So yeah, you'll definitely have to listen to that. I'll have to. I'll get back to you. Yeah, definitely. So that was uh, Insomniac by Dookie. Yay. Yeah. I loved it. That was one of my favorite breakdowns we did for Green Day. Yeah, that was a good one. I don't know why. Why? I don't know why, Batch. I just said it. Why? Okay, I'm going to tell you why because I know. Go ahead. (sighs) Spoiler alert. Oh, we figured that out now? (laughs) Yes. Uh, shit. All right. Well, what else are we talking about, dude? That was a great fucking breakdown, honestly. That was a good one. We got anything else we want to talk about? Bands, shout-outs, new music, anything before we head out of here? I think we covered pretty much everything. Okay. Cool. I think unless there's stuff you want to talk about. Like, um, was it World Mental Health Day yesterday? That was yesterday, which will be like a week from this drop. So when you're hearing this, a week ago, it was Mental Health Day. Yeah. Very important. It was Mental Health Awareness Week as well. The Boston Marathon's today. It is. I didn't see who won. Uh, some guy hit 209. Some Gone. guy hit 209? Yeah, that was his... He did two did he break a record or something? Hours and, no, he, I think he was nine minutes over the original record. Um, my buddy used to do the marathon, and I was with him today this morning, and he was telling me all about it, telling me some facts I didn't know it was about. Oh. <laughs> uh, but his name is Marcel Hug. The two winners are Marcel Hug, or four winners, Marcel Hug, Benson Caprudo, Manuel Char, Dion Chamente, Kipayogi. Uh, I uh-huh. fucking butched all of that. I'll tell you that right now. Real? I'm Wow. Yeah, I thought you did pretty well. Oh, really? Honest. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I thought I did too, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The last name, I think, was a little hairy, but. <laughs> well, did you know the former Patriots fullback, James Devlin? Devlin. Yes. He, uh, Devlin. Com- he completed. How can I not get, like, the most American name, but I can get all the other ones? 
Jesus Christ. He, anyways, he completed his first Boston Marathon today. Good for him. Yeah. He, um, big bearded fellow. Yeah, he was awesome, James Devlin. Yeah. James Devlin eggs. I'll give you some eggs. Oh my! Inside of me. Um, what are we I'm doing good. next week? Well, so that people can expect it. Nikolai. Nikolai. Oh, is that we're, coming up? Yeah, we're back we're with back. Nikolai next weekend. Yeah, we're gonna Nick sandwich next week. So get yeah. ready for that. You'll be hearing that. Um, I don't have anything um, else, dude. Um, I, I always say it. I'm getting excited now. Disney soon. Yeah, a couple more weeks. Three weeks we'll be, or so. Yeah, we'll be in Disney World. It'll be fucking sick. So that will be. Other than that, uh, you know, tell your friends and family you love them again. Uh, yes. It's okay not to be okay. We love you. Reach out. Support mm-hmm. each other. Yep. Um, and, yeah, just keep on being the best human being you could possibly be. For sure. And, uh, you know, yeah, Steve, you pretty much fucking nailed it, dude. Um, you know, we posted a lot of stuff about that. And uh, I was going to talk about the Wendy's versus McDonald's stuff. You never did the post. No, it just didn't feel right with, like, you know, where the week was and, like, <laughs> what the <laughs> – all right, can we do it today? Yeah, I'll put. Yeah, what, what do we, what do we want to do? Text well, me what you want to do. And all I'll, right, all right, all right. I'll talk to you after this, real quick. So we'll do. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, right. so yeah, next week we got um, Nikolai Volkov from Calling All Captains coming on. Um, see if we can squeeze some info out of him. Mm-hmm. Tim was very tight-lipped. Tim didn't want to give anything up. No, he didn't. Didn't. He didn't. But that's okay. I understand. Yeah. Shout out to Parker Cannon again. Fucking big shout out. Yeah, thanks for being the man, dude. We caught the white whale. Well, we're victorious. Victorious. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah. Have a uh, wonderful week, everyone. Be safe. Goodbye. Yep. Bye. Bye.